Thanks for taking the time to listen to our latest content here on the Blood Red channel. Guy here with just a quick message. Do you want the very latest Liverpool FC news directly into your inbox? Well then sign up to our daily LFC newsletter, which will bring you the breaking news and big events from around Anfield. To subscribe, just go to bit.ly forward slash LFC newsletter. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash LFC newsletter. Or click the link in the description of this podcast and pop in your email address. It really is that simple. That link once more bit.ly forward slash LFC newsletter. Well, thanks for your time and on with the podcast. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. After four hours of meeting, Project Restart is yet to launch, though the Premier League have confirmed that they have that desire to finish the 2019-2020 season once more. I'm Guy Clark. This is the Blood Red podcast here from the Liverpool Echo as we get set to delve in to when, where and how the Reds could get their hands on that much elusive Premier League title. Well, we're going to talk about Project Restart, of course. We'll also get into a growing number of players expressing their concerns over the season being finished, even if it is behind closed doors, as well as talking about differing approaches taking place across the continent. Joining me to do exactly that are my colleagues Matt Addison and Dan Kay. Gentlemen, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Guy. It's been a long day, as you say, expecting a bit more news from the Premier League. But I think there's enough for us to to delve into over the next few minutes. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, the problem I think we've got, as we'll get into, is that, you know, finding some kind of consensus is always going to be difficult. And that's why these meetings are dragging on as long as they are and why, you know, things remain relatively unclear for now. But we'll try and kind of navigate our way through it the best we can. I like the use of the word navigating there with me starting saying project restart yet to launch. We're all on the same page here. And I suppose, Matt, come to you straight off. And well, it has been a long day waiting for the Premier League statement, waiting for them to confirm exactly what the next steps are. And we're reading into the the statement towards the end of it. It says no decisions were taken at today's shareholders meeting and clubs exchange views on the information provided regarding project restart i suppose therefore the news is there's not really any news yeah that that standout line isn't it that no decisions were taking at this meeting it's it's a strange one it's it's one that we've waited and waited and waited and you know we were anticipating a little bit more news i mean i've spoken earlier this week on our morning bulletin podcast sort of hinting at the fact that there might be a little bit more substantial sort of things to go at today and unfortunately that isn't the case it, it looks like next week is is now the sort of more likely scenario but you know as you say it's it's a completely unprecedented situation it's a situation where everyone's got their own self-interest everyone's got the sort of financial impact to, to think about as well and you know we, we've said it so many times over the last few weeks and months that there's no easy solution and I think you know today is just the latest reminder that as much as you know, individual clubs or individual fans or supporters across the country might have their own ideas of, of what's best, and you know, there's, there's been a couple of, of new sort of you know possibilities of, of ways that we could finish the season, which I'm sure we'll come to shortly. You know, sort of outlined this week by various different people, but to get a consensus of, of all 20 clubs, you know, it, it's almost impossible. Certainly, very very difficult, and yeah, unfortunately, we we don't seem to be that much closer given what's happened today and 
hopefully we'll find out a bit more next week but just right at this moment in time it, it's difficult to predict exactly when the football will be back which unfortunately you know, we had hoped to have a, a bit more of a concrete plan today yeah, the third line in the statement, Dan, reads, Furthermore, the Premier League's priority is the health and safety of players, coaches, managers, club staff, supporters and the wider community. But I'm going to cut to the chase and look at the, the final line in the, the statement that says the clubs reconfirm their commitment to finishing the 2019-2020 season, maintaining integrity of the competition and welcome the government's support. The issue I've got is we're saying that there's a difficulty in consensus. We've already seen someone like Karen Brady voice her opinion that the season should be null and void. When we're talking about integrity, is it integrity or is it greed from some Premier League clubs who know if this season isn't completed realistically, there's a lot of television money that's going to have to be repaid? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that was a rhetorical question, Guy, wasn't it? Because I think we all know the answer to that. There is massive self-interest and massive greed behind some clubs position on this and you know the, the the use of the word integrity really is 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 quite illuminating in that regard because you get you you, know, you get the impression some people wouldn't really know what integrity is if, if it bit them on the backside as as matt says finding consensus is is impossible it will be impossible you know people have entrenched positions and i don't see that changing anytime soon um at, at, you know the, the reality, as far as I'm concerned, is that until there's more clarity from the government as regards the overall health situation, I don't really see what the clubs, what the leagues, not just in this country, but around Europe can do. We have to, we have, you know, it, it, it's absolutely right, as you said, the, the first line out of the statement was regarding the health and safety of everybody involved in the game, and that must remain paramount. And you know, argue the most important line was then the last one, as you mentioned, the one that main, the one that said the clubs are um, determined to to finish the season. You know, you know, it wasn't put in brackets, but maybe it should have been. Whenever that may be, when you know, we obviously been waiting all day for it. The meeting started at what, half past ten, and then the first couple of bits started to kind of leak out shortly after three o'clock, and then I think the Premier League statement dropped about four. Now, in that period between three and four, there were various lines coming out from national newspapers and, and the Telegraph seemed to, have, seemed to be ahead of the curve rather than most. And there was, you know, there was a line in, in their reporting that kind of struck out to me. And it, you know, I've got it in front of me and I'll read it out. The issue of playing the games at biosecure neutral, neutral stadia could be key, although it is understood to be opposed by several clubs who claim that it undermines the sporting integrity of the competition. And... This, this to me, ultimately is, long, is the long and short of it. I don't see how anyone can even contemplate going back to training or playing matches behind closed doors wherever they are until there is some general weight of medical opinion that it's manageable. And that might be weeks, that might be months off. Um, and we're all, you know, there's, there's lots of reasons why people are keen to get football back on. There's obviously the financial element, there's the social and mental health element because, you know, obviously we're all cooped up. We could all do with something to, to occupy ourselves. But as we'll get on to, there's other people to think about in this, namely the footballers. They shouldn't be used as performing seals for the edification of the nation just to lift everybody's spirits while they might be putting themselves, their families, their loved ones at risk. So if we have to wait longer, we have to wait longer. You know, that's, that's, nobody's pleased about that. But yeah, as far as I'm concerned, that that's the way it has to be. 
Um, it doesn't do it doesn't do us any help in terms of us trying to do our jobs. It doesn't do us any good in terms of us as football supporters wanting to get you know wanting to watch our teams play and get stuck into it. But you know we we are where we are, and I think everybody is going to have to get their heads around it that that it might be some time yet. And I suppose on that point, Matt, we we've seen. I think this is probably the third or fourth meeting of this kind since the first suspension came in place. Of course. That initial deadline, I think it was the 3rd of April, wasn't it, that was given in terms of when they were going to review things. That's well long gone uh, from now. But I suppose it's not really until the back end of this month, actually, where a concrete decision will definitely have to be made one way or another. No, I think uh, reading some pieces earlier today, the, the deadline from UEFA is the 25th of this month for European leagues to decide one way or the other. And to be honest, that's what made it so surprising to me that, that France have, have made their big decision this week and, and other leagues around Europe have, have made those decisions already. I think you want to give yourself as much time as possible to make the right choice and, and do the right thing. And you, know, you, you can sort of understand the Premier League waiting uh, to, to a certain extent to, to make sure that they have as much of the facts as possible before they come to a conclusion. And, you know, we talk about there the not being a consensus or anything like that. I mean, we've seen in Italy today, all 20 of, of the clubs in Syria have voted to, to make sure that the season is concluded. The difficulty, of course, then is there's not really a consensus in how that should be done. Of course, there's a consensus that that, that is the right thing. And, you know, from what we believe, that is still the case in the Premier League, that all of the clubs are committed to doing that. It's just a case of, of where we go next and, and what happens next. So, look, we, we keep using this word difficult and unprecedented and things like that. But I think what the Premier League have done all through this process is buy themselves a little bit more time. I think what they've done with today's meeting is buy themselves another week, by which time... We should have a, a bit more of an update from the government. As Dan says, I think it's got to come from the top. You know, we, we talk about, you know, jobs and football is a job for, for these Premier League players. So until really we know a little bit more about the situation with the rest of the country and, and the sort of state of lockdown and, and the strength of that, I don't think you can really expect the Premier League to, to make a big decision which involves all of these players unless you know everyone can can sort of agree that it's the right thing to do so as much as it is frustrating i think you know we will wait another week we will see what happens i think thursday is is the date when boris johnson and, and the government are expected to you know make a bit more of an announcement on what comes next in terms of the uk as a whole and, and the economy and that sort of thing and and maybe that then is, is something that Premier League clubs will be able to react to on Friday because, you know, as Dan said, it, it's not, you know, it's not right for us to be using them as performing seals or, or whatever you want to, to sort of phrase it as. But at the same time, we, we do want an answer and we do want a conclusion. And I think all of the Premier League clubs and all of the Premier League players as well probably want that because just like the rest of us, they just want to know what's going to happen. Yeah, and uh, I suppose just referring back to the statement for the last time, there's a line in here that says, the league welcomed the creation of the government's medical working group for a return of elite sport, which met for the first time. Of course, they also did meet today as well. But Dan, I suppose that group, whilst being set up, as you mentioned before, there is the mental health aspect of the wider public to, to think of, of the fact that we, we would love to see the football return. But that government group that is meeting 
is going to be all about the medical opinion. You've already said on this podcast that it may be some time yet until we may well see a return of football. Do we have to therefore brace ourselves for perhaps the medics turning around and saying as much as we want this to return might not be plausible? I think that's that's quite likely. It, it, it's perfectly possible. And this is this is where Britain may have a you know may have a problem with this this UEFA deadline. You know when you started asking Matt that question, I was like, well, why is the why has this arbitrary twenty fifth of May deadline been imposed? Now I can understand that you obviously you, you the governing bodies have to try and put some kind of framework into place, and you know as as we as we are aware, you know other countries in Europe are are ahead of us, not not just in terms of you know when when they first started to. Ha- be hit by the virus, but also in terms of the step, steps that they've taken, and the figures show that you know Britain may well end up, the UK may may well end up being one of the worst hit countries in Europe, and that situation may well reach ahead when, if for example, by the end of this month, it's what's the first of May today, it's 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 not implausible that we could get to a situation by the end of the May where by the end of May where round Europe their medical people are saying yeah we're good to go, and our medical people are saying here well we're not. And what happens then? You know that, that you know that, that that is a that 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 could be a you know a, a potentially very very signi- serious and significant problem for the game in this country to have to deal with. Listen, we hope it doesn't come to that. We hope that obviously you know, they are starting to get a grip on things, but um, we have to be we have to be led by by the medical people. You know, tens of thousands of people have already lost their lives to this. There is already already worries about a second and potentially third wave of it. And you know, I don't know if it's, if it's something that we're going to get into much on this. I mean, voiding, you know, vo- voiding is still obviously something that some people are interested in. Just chat to a few people this week. One, one of the things that's got me most about that whole kind of idea is the, this, the, you know, the rationale that all right, forget this season and then we'll just start again. But what if the second or third wave is bad and you have to stop again? Do, do you then void the second season and start all over again? It, it doesn't make any sense. So as far as I'm concerned, you have to finish what you started, whether that's in early June, as we as we were all in a perfect world like, whether that's in October or November, or even if it starts in early 2021. You know, we have to do what's right for the for the health of the people of this country. Um, and ultimately, that 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 is going to be the decisive factor. Yeah, you you said within that, there was a phrase you used, what happens then? And this has been a question that's been playing around in my mind all week, Matt, in terms of, so in an ideal world, 18th of May rocks around and clubs can go back into training or they all go to St. George's Park or different camps around the country to train within bigger groups. But what happens then when one player turns around and goes, I'm not comfortable with this arrangement? And Sergio Aguero, all right, yeah, he's Man City and people listening into this will think, well, he's obviously got a bias as a Manchester City player. But he's come out and said that that he's scared for his family if he were to go and you're having social distancing measures being practised by the general public. Yet you're asking 22 players to run around on a field and at a corner all grapple and wrestle with one another. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Sergio Aguero and certainly he will not be the only one who is thinking that. I mean, he's obviously the one who's come out and admitted it publicly, but I'm sure several others will maybe not be scared, but they'll certainly be thinking, you know, I'm not too sure about this. I'm not quite sure, you know, whether this is the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. And, you know, I mentioned Italy and, and Germany as well before, that, you know, Germany, in, in Germany, Bayern Munich and, and teams like that are already back in training and, 
there's not really been a great deal of, of sort of comments coming out from players over there to say that they're uncomfortable, which I think is is really really interesting because I think the Premier League can maybe can look at other leagues around Europe like what they're doing in the Bundesliga and obviously you've got the caveat of, of Germany have sort of had the, the testing for the virus and that sort of thing well before you know what we've had in this country but you know they are back in training now they are sort of implementing social distancing measures within training grounds and stuff like that so you know I think there there is a way uh, it's just a case of you know how far behind Germany are we in terms of you know where we're at with the virus the readiness of you know Premier League clubs to you know, for example, you know, wear masks during training sessions and things like that. I mean, the logistical side of it is, you know, do we have enough masks? Can we get them to the training grounds? You know, is that realistic? I think that's the next question. And that's something that, you know, we've we've really got to think about because, you know, the concerns from people like Aguero, as I say, it won't just be him, but, you know, others as well will be thinking quite rightly, health is the number one priority and as much as football is a big part of of what we do and it's obviously their job is is to do that and you know you look at nhs workers and things like that who are putting themselves in danger to to do their jobs i've seen a, a couple of people today say well you know why do footballers think they're different you know why why shouldn't they go to work and do their thing well nhs workers are in a, a very very different situation in that if they didn't work you know, society would fall down. So you can't really compare football in the same way. And you've got to treat it as what it is, which is, you know, an entertainment sort of entity, if you like. And yeah, I'm sure the Premier League will be in discussions and the PFA will be in discussions, but we're a long, long way off that. I think, you know, this sort of June the 8th return date for for Premier League matches coming back, it, it still seems... Very, very optimistic to me. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Johnny Jackson, the, the Charlton Athletic Assistant Manager, I'm pretty sure called it a pipe dream, that, that date that's been set out. And Dan, you've already said that obviously our jobs revolve a lot around the football and we would love nothing more than the football to return tomorrow. But in terms of footballers, the stardom, the pedestal that they're put on, we play a big part in that in the media, in, in building these players up and eulogising about them. But we've got to remember at the end of the day, these are human beings who have families. Well, they are, and you know, I think you know, Matt makes a very good point about uh, you know the football's position in in the grander scheme of things. You know, the 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 point he raised about you know they they could only realistically go back to training when there's sufficient uh, masks and you know PPE and everything for them. But how in all con- how in all good consciousness should why should why should that kind of equipment be getting funneled towards footballers? When there's healthcare workers and frontline workers who haven't got it yet, surely they have to be the priority. We had a story on the website yesterday morning, when uh, which was essentially headlined along the lines of Premier League clubs worried about the backlash if they do come back too early and if there was then a second outbreak of it. And I think you know that that is something that has to be very very carefully considered. You know, football is the national game; it consumes millions of people's. Working and the social and yeah, but for some of us, we're almost every every waking every waking second. But if if this is handled poorly, and you know, also I mean, you know, without getting political, yeah, you know, I don't I don't want football to be kind of hung out to dry here and almost used as a scapegoat to let the inadequacies of the government and and how things have been handled 
um, to, to let them get off the hook. But yeah, the, 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 every footballer, whether it's someone who plays, whether it's a trainer, whether it's the kit man, whoever, they have every right to, to look at the bigger picture. And if they are not satisfied that the right measures for safety for them and their families and also for the wider society that they are part of are not in place, they have every right to say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking part in this. And, and I, I certainly would back them in that. And I would expect a lot of right-minded football fans to do, this, to do the same as well, even though we are all, of course, desperate to get football back. And as Liverpool supporters, desperate to get this, this league championship that we've worked so magnificently for for not seven months of the season. It, it, it seems like about 50 years ago, doesn't it, they, you know, the, the, when Liverpool last played you know, the league match against Bournemouth and then the Atletico Madrid game. So much water has gone under the bridge since then, but the, but the essential principles don't remain. Liverpool deserve to win this league, have won this league in, in, in up to all intents and purposes, but we're in it, we're living in a different kind of almost parallel universe now. And until the most important thing is sorted, and, 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 and that obviously is getting a grip on this virus, then football has to take a back seat, whether people like it or not. Yeah, it certainly does. I think Brighton, Hovalbion striker Glenn Murray and um, Joby McEnough, the former Reading captain, have also been two two uh, people within the game who publicly have come out and said that they wouldn't be comfortable returning at the, the time and the time frame that's so far been set out. But Matt, we've already spoken about the Bundesliga, but let's cast our eye across Europe. And this week there's been interesting developments with a number of leagues. We've already spoken and scratched the surface with the French League. Of course, their government announcing that no sporting uh, events will be held I think it was until September they've said and so that forced effectively Liga Earn's hand and the rest of the, the French football to scrap the rest of their seasons but if that were to happen in England they have significantly said that Paris Saint-Germain will be champions so if that were to be happening in England Liverpool would still get their hands on the title yeah, I think everything at this moment in time does point to, to that being the case, whether it's a, a points per game sort of system that they would make up the rest of, of the matches or whatever it would be. I think, you know, I don't think anybody should be too worried that, that the season will be null and voided and, and it won't count for Liverpool. I don't think that is really the issue. But, you know, we, we've said all along on these podcasts that the big problem in England isn't Liverpool becoming champions. I think that's pretty obvious that they deserve that and, and will get that. The issue is elsewhere. The issue is relegation. It's European places and, and things like that. So, look, what what this week has proven is in France, you know, Lyon already have, have come out and mounted a legal challenge because of what's happened. I think, you know, they've they were one point off the maybe two points off the the European places. They've missed out for effectively the first time in in twenty five years or so um, at playing European football and. Quite rightly, Jean-Michel Aulas, the, the Lyon chief executive, has, has been very vocal this week of, of saying, you know, that isn't right. There were, I think, a similar number of games left to, to play in League 1 to the Premier League. I think it's sort of 10-ish, 10 or 11 games to, to play. So when you're only at a point behind those European spots, it, it does make it difficult to, to argue against that, I think. You know, we, we've seen it with Lyon. I think there'll be other clubs if, if other leagues start to do the same thing and you know, that people behind the scenes at the Premier League, I think, have, have sort of hinted at, at that as well, that they're very, very reticent to deny teams effectively what they would deserve. You look at Wolves, you look at Leicester, you look at Sheffield United, all of these teams quite rightly would, you know, be very, very annoyed if this season didn't be, 
didn't get completed and, and didn't get followed through because they deserve having played 75% of a campaign the chance to finish off those last few games and I know you spoke yourself to Neil Meller uh, about a week or so ago for a podcast and he said exactly the same thing you know all of these teams Liverpool included they've worked so so hard to get to where they are for the first 75% of, of matches just on a, a moral point from from that sort of point of view it simply wouldn't be fair on those players to say actually none of that counts. Yes, Serie A have confirmed already, reconfirmed, just like the Premier League have today, that they do want, all 20 sides do want the season to be played out. We've already said that how the consensus of that comes together to, to seeing the season out very much does weigh club by club in terms of how they can get it done. But I suppose, Dan, just as we sort of look to that integrity word once more, no matter how this season plays out, it's not, it's not going to play out how it would have. Not only, obviously, if we had this break in play for, for six weeks, but if it's behind closed doors, if you're a side trying to stay up, if you're Aston Villa or if you're Sheffield United trying to go for Europe, those atmospheres that are created home and away in the final games of the season just aren't going to be the same. Well, they aren't. And, you know, there is, there is a very strong case to say that, you know, what happens in these last nine games should they be played behind closed doors. Um, you know, are of a different ilk to the previous 30 or 31. You know, for, you know, we've seen Liverpool supporters more than most, the impact that a crowd can have. Um, even the likes of Jose Mourinho and, and Pep Guardiola have spoken in the most glowing terms about the, the power of Anfield and how, how that, it can impact on, on events on the pitch. And if, you know, I, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if, let's say, all the games do end up getting played behind closed doors. Whichever teams come a cropper at the end of it, whether it's through missing out in Europe or missing out on promotion or missing out in uh, relegation or whatever, they, you know, they might have people behind the scenes. You know, their, their lawyers might be saying, well, we think we've got a case here. We think we can take this to court and, and if maybe not get reinstated, then get some, then get some financial compensation for it. So it's, it's an enormously complex, intricate, layered situation that I think is going to take a long, long, long time to play out. Um, you know, the, the, from my point of view, a, a lot of it comes down to, 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 this, to, you know, to this idea of, 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 of a deadline. And I just don't feel it's right or proper to, for, for people to be putting deadlines on it because, you know, the, the priority is health. You, know, you, you can say that until you're blue in the, fa until you're blue in the face. But that is the reality of it. We all want it back quickly, but some things have to take precedence. And, um, you know, if, the, 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 the way I see it is, is that, is, is that the, the people who want it voided have this kind of fixation of, oh, well, you can't mess up next season, you can't mess up next season. The reality is, and I've mentioned, made this point a number of times in, in recent weeks and months, they're already going to have to mess up seasons shortly because of this Qatar World Cup in 2022. So this, you know, this idea that we've always had seasons between August and May, well, yeah, we have, but that was going to change anyway. So in, in some, to some degrees, that should make people a little bit more relaxed about it. But it doesn't seem to be. Everyone seems to be forgetting about that. So, you know, the, you know, the thought of not having any football till 2021 or being able to go to a stage until 2021 doesn't fill me with any joy at all. But, but, if, but if that's what needs to happen so that the season can be played out properly so, and, and that football can continue and hopefully maybe improve because we've all spoken for years and years about the various problems with the game and the modern game this and the modern game that. Well, there is an opportunity on our hands now to, and obviously we wouldn't have wanted it to come, to come about this way, 
But to actually put different systems, different measures into place, you know, we've all been, it, it's, a, it's a common kind of theme of, of any kind of job, really. Just because we've always done it a certain way doesn't mean you always have to do it that way. Now, obviously, everyone's hands being forced now because of this pandemic situation that we're in. But I think people just need to, let's say, relax about it because it's, it's, an, you know, it's an anxiety-making situation and I'm as filled with anxiety as anybody about it. But I, I, just, I, just, I just feel that the whole concept of deadlines and putting a time scale on it is wrong when you know, there are people who are, who are dying in hospital and relatives who aren't even able to go and visit them or, or pay their respects to them. And you know, this, this push that a lot of people seem to be having to get football done as soon as possible is, is quite unseemly and, and, and almost obscene in many ways. We all want it back, of course we do, but people need to get their priorities right, I think. Yeah, definitely. Well put there, Dan. Final word for, for you, Matt, on, on today's pod in terms of all of the issues, of course, we've gone through this project restart. In fact, a whole project that seems to be built around dates. On Monday, it's meant to be two weeks until Premier League clubs return to training. Of course, we've got to wait and see what the government are going to say. Arsenal are one club who have already returned to, to training on an individual basis and social distancing. But the more and more you look at it and the more and more we've, we've spoken over the last half an hour, it really does seem to be a very ambitious project that, that just yet at the moment seems to somewhat be stalling. Yeah, I think ambitious is the, is the word really. I think we've seen so many different countries take different approaches. You know, we've discussed Germany, we've discussed France, they've done the complete opposite things. Even within the Premier League, you mentioned Arsenal, West Ham now are back in training, Liverpool are hoping to be back in training in a couple of weeks' time. But, you know, who knows whether that plan will get changed between now and then. It's just so, so difficult to predict because everyone seems to have a different idea of what's best. I think, you know, look, you're not, you're not going to get a consensus, but I think there's got to be some sort of rules or, or regulations really set down in stone to say you can't do this or you can do this and, and this is the way we're going to go about it. But... Yeah, just in terms of rushing football back, I think it's pretty much you know guaranteed now that it will come back without fans. There's you know some suggestion that that fans won't be allowed in in stadia for the rest of this year. Maybe you know maybe January will be you know the next time that any of us can can go and see a football match. And if that is the case, obviously that's not great. It's not ideal. I think it is an opportunity for, for us to really appreciate fans again because we've seen talk this week of sort of projections of, of fans being put into the stadiums and, and things like that, like a, a computer game, which is you know absolutely bizarre thing to even suggest and, and concoct. But it does sort of show the, the value that fans have, not just in the stadium, but for, for television audiences as well. And you know, I, I think this is a big opportunity Again, not not in the way that we wanted it to come about, but it's a big opportunity for for football fans to go. You know what? We're actually really important here, and we need to be recognised. Once fans are allowed back into stadiums, things like kickoff times, things like ticket prices, anything like that, fans are going to have a much bigger say once they do come back into the stadiums. I think, and you know, there, there's not many positives to to come out of the situation, but maybe that can be one of them. 
Yeah, let's hope that that is one silver lining. But patience certainly seems to be the key. And good things do, of course, come to those who wait. And Liverpool will get their hands on the Premier League title one way or another. We're certain of that here on the Blood Red podcast here from the Liverpool Echo. Do make sure that you keep across the Echo website for the latest on everything that is happening regarding the developments with the Premier League. I've been Guy Clark alongside me, Matt Addison and Dan Kay. Thank you to you guys for joining us to you the listeners for joining us too and if we can offer some relief some light relief during this time then we hope we certainly can do thank you to everyone for listening in but until next time it's bye for now you've been listening to the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo